Good afternoon and welcome to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, where you'll be informed, inspired, and entertained. I'm your host, Jennifer Stewart, owner of Jazz Potential and creator of Find Your Sparkle. And today I'm excited to have with me Colleen Alexander. Welcome, Colleen. Thanks for inviting me, Jen. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. Now, we just recently met, actually, uh, via email, and there's a possibility that perhaps in the new year sometime that you may even be coming to CIOE and have your own show, perhaps. That's right. Jim uh, invited me to host a show about three years ago at the time I was starting a new small business. The timing wasn't great. I just lost my mom. And, um, but I've never thought, I've always, you know, kind of remembered his invitation. I remembered the theme, which is lifestyle. And so this year I've decided it may be time to take that next step. And you're just sort of in the preliminary stages right now and kind of doing your research to see if it's something. But I I have a good feeling that in uh, sometime in this new year that we're going to be adding you to our lineup. So that's pretty exciting. Thank you. Now, you are an award-winning human resource leader. You're also a consultant and an entrepreneur. And I love that you have your hands in several different pots. Now, who's calling? How did you come to be where you are today? If you, you know, when we look back over your life and you see, you know, some pivotal times, some milestones, some turning points, how did you get to be in this direction of, of HR, for instance? How did you get on that road? I would say I have middle child syndrome. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm the middle of seven. I grew up in a large family where, um, you know, looking up, I had older siblings to look to. Um, but as the middle child, I often ended up doing the caregiving for younger siblings. I also had a sister who was a year older who was disabled. And so I spent a lot of my life caregiving for her. I think I became um, work-oriented, responsibility-oriented uh, as, a, as a young kid. Right. And, you know, I can think about times when I've talked to people and shared with them how much I love to work, and people look at me like I'm a little <laughs> bit, you know, kind of like, are you kidding me? Like, this is how I get a paycheck to live my life. But for me, you know, working is a really important part of who I am. I've also always had a keen sense of adventure. We moved a lot growing up. Uh, I always learned how to land on my feet everywhere I went. That's an important skill. Mm -hmm. And over time, I, you know, always had kind of my day gig, but I always was sort of bivocational. I always had interests outside of my kind of corporate roles and um, really enjoyed just the entrepreneurial, you know, sort of side of life. And I can remember doing, you know, many psychometric type tools, or are you good at this? Or are you good at that? And Every time I ever did one on entrepreneurism, it was always, you know, I always scored very high. And, you know, a few years ago, I decided, you know, I'd stepped to the edge a few times and it was time to sort of jump off and see if I could fly. And I found out that I can. Well, that's absolutely incredible. Now, you actually are one of the nominees for the RBC. What is the actual Women of Influence. Women of Influence. <clears throat> That's pretty impressive. I've gone actually for the last couple of years to those awards and they're amazing. So that is pretty significant. Can you talk a little bit about how that all came to be? You know, to be honest, I mean, 
it was a complete surprise to get an email uh, with the nomination. I mean, I felt incredibly grateful. Um, we were still in the very, you know, first couple of years of the business. I mean, so in fact, we really didn't even qualify. So to be still nominated, notwithstanding all of those things was really gratifying. I think that it had to do with uh, a, a niche market opportunity in an industry that's dominated by very different looking types of companies right. that focus on trucks and trailers and plows. Um, and I focused on beauty and living things and the enhancement of lives. Um, I think it had to do with the fact that we employ um, someone who identifies as living with autism but who, in fact, has a brain that contains the plant kingdom. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it's it's a non-traditional occupation, and yet we don't fit into the Women Unlimited or the Women in Trades kind of spaces just because we don't fit anywhere. And so as a professional, I've always sort of thought that it's better to swim in – a place where it's not crowded, right? Where Absolutely. you can kind of move around a little more freely. And um, so to be recognized for my banker to sort of watch me start out with a $9,000 inheritance when my mom passed away and to turn it into a small business that focused on doing something I was really passionate about, focused on elevating women in an industry where there were very few opportunities where they got to shine. They were always the first ones laid off. Right. Um, they weren't seen as being as capable. And so we decided, you know, we'll just kind of carve our own niche out. And um, I think that it was a, a business strategy that resonated at RBC. I'm very grateful for it. And the business that you were nominated for is the She Shed. Yes. And I think it's important really for our audience to now they have a better sense of, of, you know, who belongs to the She Shed. But can you talk a little bit about how that actually came to be? And I love the fact that you talk about it's stuff that you love to do. Mm -hmm. What is the She That's Shed? That's the sparkle, right? Yes, right. absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Passion and skill coming together certainly is something exciting when you see it in people. Uh, so I had been working in the offshore. Um, I had finished up um, a role. I had started with a company as a consultant. They asked me to come in as a full-time employee. It was a private equity opportunity where we, a company had bought a fleet of vessels and and uh, needed someone to sort of help um, support the management team in um, from an HR perspective, right. sort of human resources. Um, when the role finished up, the company was subsequently sold uh, to a Norwegian interest. Um, I said to my husband, you know, I'm going to go out to the garden, spend the summer, get a tan, think about what I want to do next. And I would say, you know, I went out there and I never really came back out. That's great. I love that. Mm, I really realized that. And I started doing research on um, the benefits of surrounding yourself in nature, um, the benefits of being around living things. Absolutely. Um, and that in many ways, many of the common ailments of modern society around obesity and depression and anxiety uh, can be addressed uh, through science and medical research by actually giving people a prescription to spend time in nature rather than for 
um, a pharmaceutical remedy. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. For me, my happy place is outside. Mm, yeah. And I just, I'm, I'm not a gardener. In my head, I am. <laughs> But in practice, I'm not. I An love. Accidental I love. I love the. I love gardens <laughs> that look beautiful. I'm just not all that great with making it happen. However, I am. I feel at peace. Mm. I feel connected. I feel alive. I feel. I feel full of life mm-hmm. when I'm outside and you know at my cottage and I'm you know looking at the water and I'm listening mm. to the animals and just being there mm-hmm. and. Even though I'm not a great gardener, when I do go out and, you know, do my weeding, it is very relaxing. And it is something that, you know, just, it just helps you to chill right out. You can just feel things, you know, all that anxiety slip away. So that's awesome that you actually had that opportunity to be outside and and experience that. At what point did you think, hey, this is something that I may want to look into further and how can I actually capitalize on this? Um, I would say that it happened when I met a couple of folks from Bloom Greenhouse and Garden Center and Kelly Grant, uh, said to me, you know, Colleen, like, have you ever thought about becoming a master gardener? Like you are, you know, passionate about this stuff and why don't you, you know, just think about it. So I went to summer school in July and aced it realized that I knew a lot more than I thought I knew because I'd been raised by gardeners. I'd been raised by people who didn't garden strictly ornamentally. Gardening wasn't a hobby. It was a way of putting food on the table for a big right. family. Oh, that's, that's Hunting a, wasn't a awesome. sport. It was a way of feeding, feeding right. our family. Um, so there was a whole values kind of piece and also just what I had learned growing up from my parents. So I would say that it started there. Um, and then my mom passed away the next month. And left me this small amount of money. And I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to, you know, go and work in this industry and figure out where I'm going to be. So I headed to Baltimore to the big garden center show down there at the Congress. Martha Stewart was the keynote speaker. Wow. You know, it was a big deal. I went to Montreal and Toronto. I looked at franchises. I looked at products. Um, And in the end, I thought, you know, I still didn't see exactly how I would put all this together. I enrolled in the program. um, And I went to a workshop at Halifax Seed. And at the end of it, I went to the retail manager and persuaded her to hire me, (laughs) uh, which she did. And that was the best opportunity to do market research because I got to talk to thousands of people coming in there with garden-related questions. That's amazing. So out of that, I decided, yeah, this is where I want to be. I don't want to work in a garden center in retail. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to bring all of this together. Um, At that time, There was um, this whole kind of cultural and popular culture theme around she sheds, which is a woman's place of repose and retreat at the back of the garden. I looked online. The domains were available. Oh. Well, I bought the .com from a woman in New York, but I bought the .ca. (laughs) And um, presto. I mean, the she shed was born, and then it was a matter of buying a trailer and some tools, and off I went. My goodness, that's incredible. So how long from that that moment when you were out in the backyard puttering in your garden, feeling one with nature to that point where after you were at Halifax Seed, did she said, was she said the she shed born? Oh my goodness. Wow. We just celebrated our third year uh, in business and we've had, you know, wonderful growth. Um, I look at the kinds of clients who are coming to me, 
people with lovely homes who realize they don't want a dollar store frame on a beautiful picture. They're Makes looking a lot for of something sense. more interesting and fabulous. Makes a lot of sense. That's fascinating. When we come back from our break, we'll hear more about Colleen's adventure and the she shed. You're listening to CIOE 97.5 FM and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Find Your Sparkle with Jen. Welcome back, Colleen. Now, just before break, we were talking about the She Shed and how it kind of evolved and, you know, that transition from having it as a hobby to that point where, you know, now you're in business for three years. How does that feel? Well, I would say I found my sparkle. That's awesome. That's, you know, that would be, that is my goal is, is, you know, it's so Awesome when you meet people who have found their sparkle and who are actually living that life. Mm-hmm. How do you compare it from that corporate world life? And we talked a little bit about that at break. Mm. I think that uh, for me, I have, you know, when I was in about grade 10, my parents, uh, we had had a family tragedy where a sister was injured and suddenly died in a, uh-huh. in a household accident. She was oh, a, a no. baby. Oh, so very goodness. difficult. I witnessed it. Oh my golly. My parents decided to sell the house and buy a farm. And really that was when it really kicked off. If you're able to look on my, that blog post is entitled dedication. And really it's because that was the time of my life where I really felt that I had found a special place in this crazy old farm that hadn't been lived in for 25 years and as a family we rebuilt it wow I think I also discovered sort of you know my work ethic and my sense of like building something and that was really important to me I carried that work ethic and that real sense of determination and drive right through my career Uh, in my last role what I actually found is that I was you know, at a point where my Monday to Friday um, pursuit left me depleted such that I was unable on my days off to actually get out and do the kinds of things in nature, do gardening, go hiking, uh, snowshoeing, kayaking, whatever. Uh, I just didn't really have the time or the, I had the time, but I didn't have the energy anymore. And so that was sort of a little bit of a, a point of reflection for me that summer. And what kind of impact did that have on, on your life? Exhaustion, burnout, right. a sense that I had spent a lot of my career in human resources um, building other people's companies and elevating people's careers in many ways. It was time for me to do that for myself. Absolutely. That's amazing. I love that. And then... That whole, after that company sold, that was kind of, would you consider that a blessing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I knew that would not be a long-term role for me because of the nature of that job. I mean, I could have been there as a consultant. I was there as an employee, but it always had a finite life. I never imagined I would be there forever, um, but I also didn't anticipate the level of stress. I spent a lot of time flying between here and Newfoundland. It was a very stressful environment uh, in the offshore vessels and rigs and high risk safety set. Every job on a ship is safety sensitive. So it was a stressful job. Um, And so by the end of it, I was, I was pretty tired. I was ready for time in the garden and a little bit of uh, me time thinking about, you know, what do I want to do next? And, you know, I was in my mid to late fifties. I mean, I was 58 this year. 
it's an unusual thing to be close to 60 and decide to start such a physically demanding company like landscaping or gardening um, because it is demanding. It's seasonal. You work six or seven days a week. As the owner, I don't get laid off to collect EIL winter. I right. still have to go and do other things. My crew do uh, get laid off, and they will have, therefore, income if they are any, unable to find temporary employment over the winter. But it's a tough it's a tough industry, and yet, for all of the barriers around it, it's still the one that makes me the happiest to think about doing. And you know what? That is what counts. That's what matters. What's the difference in your lifestyle now compared to that corporate world? I think some people get grounded in the odor domain and some people get grounded at home. What I've learned is that I'm a person who gets grounded at home. Owning a company called the She Shed Home and Garden is bang on with me being grounded and me feeling like I'm able to take care of myself. I love to work from home. I mean, as a consultant, I often worked from home. um, So that wasn't entirely new. But the focus on something that is so life-enhancing and creates so much joy and pleasure for people uh, is in, enormously gratifying. And in, including yourself. I mean, you get you obviously get something out of it, or you wouldn't have made that change. I get something out of it, and so do the people who work with me. Absolutely, and that's a huge thing. Now, working with an all-women crew... That is fabulous. I love that. More and more organizations are going that way. So obviously there's something to be said about that. When did you make that call? When I was working at Halifax Seed, uh, first of all, the majority of the people who came in looking for questions were women. Women make 80% of the decisions about a home. Yes. (laughs) Women also, I found, were more likely to come to me because of my age Okay. And w- and they were more likely to come to me or another female member of the team than men um, because they there is an expectation that a woman is going to bring a different aesthetic right. to the advice. Uh, the She Shed was in popular culture, and I seriously, I was sitting in my living room one day scrolling through the internet on something on my tablet, and I came across this idea of She Sheds, and when I looked, I thought, you know what? I'm going to run, I'm going to think about an all woman company. So I started doing research. Are there all women landscaping companies? There was one in Toronto run by a woman named uh, Darla Mori Harani. And uh, I reached out to her and said, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Would you talk to me? She spent three hours talking to me, someone she had never met. Oh, that's incredible. That says a lot about her. Yeah, it really does. And she's still been a great source of support. And in fact, my business has inspired her. She's now developed another area of her business that's focused on sheds because she likes that connection point. Right. Um, So women owned and operated landscape gardening companies are not new. It is not to say there are not amazing men in who create amazing gardens, but for the most part, the emphasis on aesthetic, our hands are often smaller and able to do more tactile things And on a physical level, I mean, we have six-foot employees and we have five-foot employees. Um, Many of us are more agile and get get into smaller corners in the garden um, and are able to just execute that type of work. We just have some sort of, you know, physical competitive advantages. Um, And then there's the beauty side of it. We spend more time looking at beautiful magazines and doing that type of thing than many men. And now, have you had the comment where you... 
where someone would say, well, you're actually listening to me and hearing me. I've had some experiences where I have felt that, you know what, you're not, you're really not paying attention to anything that I'm saying. <laughs> like you're not hearing it. You just have a vision in your head, mm. but you're not listening to what my vision is. And they kind of clash. Women can be better communicators. I've had clients say they loved that I asked them to open the front door so I could peek in their house and see what their aesthetic was, see what their own sort of personal taste was. Um, but the feedback has been, you know, very positive. Again, there are many, many talented male-run uh, landscaping companies. Um, but I have a niche. I believe that it's our own. I think we've defined it for ourselves. I think that um, we perform very well in the space and the people who do work with us see the fact that we are an all-woman organization as being something that attracts them. And the feedback is, again, it's very positive. Where do your future clients come from? We have used direct mail for the first few years in targeted uh, areas of the city. This And this year, what I did as a source of employee attraction and retention is we now operate fully out of Jeep Wranglers. Ah. My crew love driving around the city. <laughs> I bet they do. In, a, in, a, in their own Jeep with the roof off, you know, the top off and driving there with their trailer. And they just, it just really suits our kind of vibe as a business. We aren't like big trucks and big tires and hydraulics. Um, so our vehicles, honestly, on Twitter, it'll be, hey, I just saw you going down the Bedford Highway. I was waving to you, you know. Anyway, it's a really approachable kind of a brand. Um, so we'll do more vehicular advertising. We'll be in Refined uh, Magazine in the new year. That's wonderful. Yeah. And um, I'm still working on kind of my content strategy for the company. It's hard to develop content when gardens need to grow before you have much to show. Right. So watch this space. That's awesome. Now, what about your current clients? You obviously have a lot of satisfaction to be growing. So how much impact do they have on sharing the love for the she shed and, you know, <clears throat> having those referrals? Honestly, the whole, you know, I did not know that Justin Trudeau was going to legalize cannabis. And I did not know that the Me Too movement would happen when I started my business. Those two things have placed a focus on green and growing the support of women in referring us has been amazing. Um, I always drop by, even if I've never met the person, if I know you referred, I drop by with a personal gift. It's a denim she shed apron, which women love, our yes. homemade wine. Um, and uh, so we really appreciate the support of all of our clients. And certainly many of them are women. It's, it's a real high point of being uh, a business owner to see that type of thing happen. Now you had said earlier that you're living your sparkle right now. And what difference does that make in your quality of life? And when you think back, you know, you had said your whole life, you sort of feel like you were being led here. Why now versus 10 years ago, do you think? I think that I have a relationship now um, where I have someone who provides uh, a certain level of income to my household. So that has allowed me to take a step off into, you know, a business startup and a seasonal business with all of the kind of 
reasons why not to do it. You know what I mean? Financial is right. one of them. Absolutely. Um, so I now have a, a, a committed, loving relationship with a man who uh, admires the fact that I'm willing to do this and to take such a dramatic turn at a time when most of my cohort are focusing on building RSPs. I haven't contributed in three years. Uh, so that was a big piece of it, to be honest, but also just confidence. Um, if not now, when? Oh my golly. That's Losing great... my mom. Yeah. She said to me, you go get a girl. You know, she did. She was like, you know what, Colleen, if not now, when? That's a great, that's, I mean, if not when, that's, I love it. Mm -hmm. What do you say to people who are at that stage of life where, you know, that corporate world, they're really feeling like you were, like I was, drained, mm -hmm. just, mm -hmm. you know, tired of it. And what what's next? What is that next step, step for me? What do you have to say for words of encouragement to people in that kind of a crossroad who are trying to find their sparkle? You know, deep in your psyche, there is a voice that calls and it's important to listen to it. I, I agree. Think, you know, reach out, whether it's therapy, whether it's a coach, whether it's your family or your best friends, reach out and, you know, share what's on your mind and get feedback on it. I remember when I told one of my girlfriends that I was going to do this, she said, well, of course you would. She said, anyone who knows you would know that. She said, our girls weekends at Judy's cottage, we'd be all sleeping in hungover and you'd be up at eight with your dog out, <laughs> you know, cleaning up Judy's garden for her and walking in the woods. She said, this is entirely aligned you. with your path. This yeah. is not a surprise to me at all. And it's funny that you say that because so often we, we may not be aware ourselves, but those that are close to us can often see it. Yes. It has been an absolute pleasure having you here. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. And I really admire the fact that you took that step out. And if people want to get in touch, you can visit the website at theshesheshed.com and also colleenalexander.ca. Thanks so much for being here. It has been wonderful. And a special thanks to Jim Francis for producing this episode. You're listening to Find Your Sparkle with Jen. And remember that it's never too late. And if not, when? I love that. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Remember, go out and do something that makes you sparkle today.